stay hungry and stay foolish, especially in an industry that created the standards. And we were talking about the history of the industry creating the standards, yet it has endured a lot of global pressure. So oil and gas are innovators. And I say that out of conviction that this is my late dad and everyone else part of this value chain. But if you need to be, we need to be, all of us, we need to be open to change and to continue to lead the world forward. The oil and gas industry, the driving engine of the world economy, delivering prosperity, innovation and abundance across the globe. Here are the stories of its key players, directly from the leaders themselves. This is Oil and Gas Industry Leaders Podcast, where real experiences are passed on from the leaders of today to the leaders of tomorrow. Here is your host, Paige Wilson. Welcome back to another episode of Oil and Gas Industry Leaders Podcast, sponsored by AWS Energy. Before getting into it, I wanted to ask everyone, as I ask every show, support me, leave me a review. Speaking of, let me read this five-star review from AGIFG. Love this interview. Paige always brings our best in her guests, and I learned that Amazon has way more to offer to the oil and gas industry than I thought. Keep up the great work. Thank you. All right. So today I'm sitting here with my guest, Iman Kawas, co-founder and chief growth officer of Thinkly. How are you, Iman? I'm great, Paige. How are you doing? Pretty good. It's pollen season here in Houston, so I might send a little... Manish. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm talking to you from rainy Vancouver. It's been great spring, except for the lockdown. I hope everybody is safe out there. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's talk about how you got started in the oil and gas industry. Awesome. This is my favorite story. And I'm going to be talking about my dad who passed away in 2016. So mm. it's my favorite part. So just like most people in the industry, I grew up with it. My dad worked 45 years of his life in the oil fields in Kuwait for an American company. So when I say 45 years, I'm talking about 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. So oh, wow. he, he managed to live throughout all of these cycles, and he loved his work. So although he was always away from home from us, and at the time that he would be with home with us, he would share his pictures on the field during his makeup projects. So he would be often carrying project blueprints. And I was very aware when he gets up at night trying to solve health and safety issues and efficiency issues on his projects. So it was a breathing, living scenario in our home. And just like a lot of people in the industry, my dad did not survive one of the downturns of oil and gas, which had major impact on our lives as a family. So I, I was very aware that life as we know it has changed because of this disruption. And my dad never recovered after one of this downturns that he was. Which one was it? In the 90s. So okay. um, for the remaining of his 20 years, his, he was trying to salvage what's left from his career to feed his family. So that left a major impact on me. And fast forward 20 years later, I studied information systems in school. And when I got out to find a job, I landed my first job in an IoT company in Calgary. So I worked on supporting oil rigs in the United States, Canada, and Australia. And they are all over the world right now, Payson Systems. So I was supporting 
supporting the rigs to stay online with their hardware and software and report to head office. And I often went to the field visits as part of my job to be able to troubleshoot the hardware and software that's installed on the rigs. So my job was in rotations. So I was very aware of the challenges of the field and the safety issues that we face in there. And from there, a few years later, I moved in to become a business analyst for the industry. So my work was heavily focused on cutting cost initiatives where analysis and conformance and benchmarking took place on business processes. So technology was often the first place that we start cutting costs. Therefore, a huge amount of the effort that's always been put in was providing the best value with the least cost. Right. From there, from there, I also managed several infrastructure projects for upstream oil and gas to move to the cloud. And of course, it's for cutting costs. So I left Calgary in 2016. That's when my dad died and worked in technology consulting until I started Thinkly last year with my sister. So to leverage the advancements of technology to better the lives of people, having in experienced this downturn and having been the major impact that happened in Calgary also in 2014, we believe that technology, if used properly, will be able to help a lot of people adapt to the pace of change that we're facing today. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess you kind of start, I mean, it's already, oil and gas is already in your blood and then you lost your father and then you decided to keep moving forward with that uh, in mind. And you started started a company with your sister. That's so cool. Yes. I was fortunate that my sister has been in management consulting for over 17 years. And she also worked on infrastructure projects in private and public sector. So with my experience in oil and gas and her extensive experience in consulting, we were able to merge our forces and start this company last year. And this company occupies a niche in the market where now innovation is leading the economy. Our company has a space where we're not traditional management, draw capabilities from different business models. So we are a digital business consulting company and an implementation services. So we draw a variety of capabilities from management consulting and digital agencies that talk about design experience and innovation and technology enablement in terms of tools like Amazon and Microsoft who sell this technology. So we combine all these three capabilities to be able to deliver solutions to our clients. So we focus on building an intelligent business operations network. What does that mean in our lingo? It's a digital twin of an organization. So digital twin is very known in the industry as an asset replica and uh-huh. And being able to leverage IoT to be able to gather this data. And the industry is very well aware of that. The digital twin of organization is capitalizing on achieving business outcomes at scale. And what that means is being able to visualize business processes and achieve cost optimization through streamlining these processes. And these processes come also from IoT data, because if you don't bring put this IoT data in context of the organizational business performance, you're not going to be able to achieve the business outcomes you're looking for. So we're built on the technology that's out there today, which is the big companies are already providing this technology to the oil and gas. And, and oil and gas is an innovative industry. Technology has been 
present in this industry a long time ago. So we're able to harness this power and with change management and filling the skills gap in the industry and streamlining complex inefficiencies, we're able to deliver the value of an intelligent business operations network, which is a centralized operations center for the company to be able to make business decisions on a fact-based culture. Right, right. So Uh, go ahead. Sorry, yeah. I was going to say a little bit about the name. I was talking to you offline, Paige, about the name. And, yeah, and it's, spelled, name, it's spelled so uniquely and it just comes off as clever. Yeah, so it's supposed to be, it is a verb, so it comes from think. And we believe in transformation that starts from inside. So even in personal development, professional development, in innovation, when you want to change something, you really have to look in the mirror and see what you can, what you need to fix internally to be able to adopt to change. So thinkly comes starts from the process of thinking internally to be able to capitalize on your strength as a company, as a human being, and leverage technology to be able to offset any weaknesses or bridge any gaps. So technology is supposed to be serving us. It's by no means uh, replacing us. This is something that I talk about all the time as well, is that our company's mission is to bridge that gap between technology and business, commercialize these technologies, and reskill people to be able to come up to speed without having to be left out of this innovation cycle. So it is software as a service that we offer. And it is our approach is what makes us unique amongst other companies. So we have a proof of concept. And of course, proof of concept is very well known in the industry, especially in technology, especially in AI. So it's a new agile way of doing things. But our proof of concept is focused on business results in three different areas. So it's data, process, and people. So we don't, we talk about transformation often, and your guests here, Paige, talk about it a lot. But it's a transformation is not achieved if we don't take care of these three aspects of the business, the data, process, and people. So why is that? Exactly. So even if we implement technology, and and the industry is very well aware of that, if we implement technology today, you might, yes, achieve certain cut costs and being able to achieve these optimizations. However, if you don't train your people how to use this technology and how to change their jobs according to this technology, there is no change and there is no transformation. One of the biggest challenges in the oil and gas industry is the skills gap. So being able to achieve inclusive transformation is very important. So when we do implement the proof of concept, we take care of these areas. We actually have change agents on the field that are implementing change measures as we implement the technology and continuously building the capability internally to be able for this company to sustain this change moving forward. You find that often in the consulting industry is that we often come in and even in my past career experiences, consultants, they come in and provide a framework or recommendations of how things should be done. But then that created fear for the business that they are going to have to continue that change on their own. So we are very aware of that. Therefore, we're focused on build capabilities for the client to make sure that they're able to sustain this change moving forward. And what really makes us different with that approach is the, the agility and the speed in the implementation. So you're talking about a proof of concept between three to, to 10 months, depends on the complexity of the, right. the 
process that we want to automate in this tool. So we take one business area at a time to introduce this technology to it, powered by AI to create this predictive analytics on the data that's available. And once you see that success within specific time frame, we will be able to work with you in an agile framework to scale that out to the rest of the organization. So focusing on strategy to execution, because digital transformation without a clear vision and without leadership that's on board is going, it's not going to achieve the business outcomes that everyone is looking for. Which absolutely makes sense. You got to streamline stuff and that just makes complete sense to me. But I mean, you just started this company, what you said, two years ago? Yes. Um, And I guess what I'm trying to ask is, why would you create a company that is specific to oil and gas after the downturn? I mean, and did you go through some challenges with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I love this question because oil and gas is struggling. and Boy, um, is it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's not because only because they're struggling. It's because they are employing a lot of people and they are helping the economy tremendously. So we cannot deny their role in transformation as a globe, as collective transformation. So Mm -hmm. everybody, and I heard that on your show as well, that people want to get away from oil and gas because now we're talking about sustainability and alternative right. energy. However, who's staying behind to clean up after the party? So right. uh, making sure that these we are children of this industry and we want to make sure that these people are taken care of specifically in technology because technology today is the future. And if we don't bring these people up to speed, we're going to find a catastrophe how do you say this word? Catastrophe. Catastrophe. <laughs> Catastrophe. <laughs> in, in people being left behind. So yeah. the reason we started this company to support the industry is to make sure that we filter the noise and find the value in implementing this technology and also make sure that the oil and gas is included on this transformational initiatives that is the government embarking on and everybody else is embarking on. And we're still looking back at oil and gas to provide us with the energy necessary to fuel our economy, yet we are pointing fingers every time goes wrong. So we want to be part of the solution. We want to innovate in partnership with the industry. It's not an easy job to take on because the industry is built on experience. And it was also mentioned a couple of times on your show that the way doing things in oil and gas has always been based on experience. So innovation and technology can really introduce a different perspective and create a massive change. Yeah. Yeah, just spot on. Yeah, and that's something you and I have in common is both of our fathers have worked in the oil field. My dad's still lucky enough to be a part of that. But yeah, I completely identify with with what you're saying. Absolutely. So if you had a piece of advice to give our audience, what would it be? I would say stay hungry and stay foolish, especially in an industry that created the standards. And we were talking about the history of the industry creating the standards, yet it has endured a lot of global pressure. So oil and gas are innovators. And I say that out of conviction that this is my late dad and everyone else part of this value chain. But if you need to be, we need to be, all of us, we need to be open to change and to continue to lead the world. 
forward. If we learned anything from COVID-19, we learned that change does not excuse itself in. It just happens. So right. we, we have to remain humble and open to enable agility and continuous growth in our organizations. So inviting other people to the conversation and hearing other perspectives, even if it doesn't come from experience, it comes from ideation, testing, iteration. And this is the agile way of working, the new way of working. So transforming how we do business is essential for the future. Correct. Oh, that's great. Yeah, exactly. What book influenced you the most and why? I love this question usually. Uh, I just recently finished reading a book for Steve Case, The Third Wave. And he talks a lot about the independent circular economy and the role of technology entrepreneurs to lift up these traditional industries. So we consider ourselves as part of this third wave. And this third wave is its success is actually depending on the partnership with the industry. So it is very important for us to make sure that the industry is yielding their hand to innovation. And when I say that, is that the ideas has to come from them and their collaboration has to come from them to be able for us to create these solutions that are able to solve problems. So The Third Wave is a great book. He's a, he co-founded America Online, which is... Oh, really? Uh, Yes, yes. AOL. And, uh, yes, yes. And he was top performing stocks for the 1990s and a chairman and a CEO of Revolution. He's based in Washington, D.C. right now. And he partners up all the time with visionary entrepreneurs to build businesses. So, and he talks a lot about entrepreneurs building companies in abandoned cities, especially in America, where, oh, that's uh, neat. yeah, and a good example for that is Detroit. When they, when they, after the downturn, they really struggled with that. And then technology entrepreneurs started to lift that up and start businesses that are able to change the landscape. And I strongly believe that we're not going to be able to change the landscape as technology entrepreneurs without partnership with the industry. So we are here to help and we are here to innovate and problem solve. And we don't see the oil and gas as an industry that just we approach on a good day and we abandon on a bad day. This is what businesses has always been dealing with in terms of a cyclical cycles of oil and gas. So mm -hmm. we want to stay even in the bad days because the bad days are going to teach us how to optimize cost, how to leverage technology better, how to innovate more, and what kind of resources will be fundamental for the future. It's all lessons to be learned. Absolutely. Yeah, the book is great. He published it in 2016, and it, it had a major impact on creating this business. Well, so I'm really excited to ask you, since you're into technology and the innovation and all of that, but what is your most used business tool? Oh, yes. So I come from a business analysis background and, right. and asking questions was and still the most important tool I use every day and every minute in every conversation. So approaching, <laughs> approaching people and tasks problems with curiosity, for me, it opened doors for infinite possibilities. You're able to be inquisitive and curious about the world, and that's how you obtain information for innovation. Great answer. Who would you say is your most respected competitor? I mean, is that even applicable? Absolutely applicable. Okay. <laughs> so I know some people would avoid mentioning names. And, and that's uh, fine. You, that's very well 
to be it's, done? It's actually, we look up to our competitors. We're considerably a mid-sized company and our competitor is huge, massive company, Aviva, Aviva Software. And they are, they build digital twin organization for oil and gas. And they're mm-hmm. making a great, great impact in all heavy industries, not just oil and gas. So they operate in, in manufacturing and chemicals and everywhere else because the concept of digital twin of organization to implement is applicable in more than one industry. So they've done it. They've done it very well. And there's a lot of room to help and there's a lot of room to contribute. So we're going to follow their footsteps and we are looking forward to to establish that presence. Well, I was actually going to ask, is there anything specific that you've probably learned from them? So, of course, the domestic experience, the industry experience is what's going to make this successful. So this is why we focus on, just because I come from a business analysis background and this is where we are close to the business, our business analysts are the subject matter experts in the industry. So they are the ones who are able to ask these questions and get the right answers to be able to build and customize the technology that we have. So the strength that they have considering then the amount of time that they spent in the industry is definitely valuable and we will be able to capitalize on that. Great. What is your most important lesson learned? So the most important lesson learned for me in the industry is going beyond the quick wins. So data analysis is already helping oil and gas companies to identify quick wins. So the technology is out there and we know that it's very widely used and we're not here to say that we still have more to do, but companies can optimize equipment on site or predict drilling problems, but they need to understand the context of that. So the real value lies in being able to pinpoint the specifics and build a model. So for example, which operator behavior or what project characteristics are driving profitability? Answering these kind of questions will enable creating consistent, repeatable results across an entire portfolio of operations. So beyond quick wins, we don't just want to identify specific data sources and optimize few business processes. We want to keep an eye on the big picture. Right. Yeah. It's the little, it's the small things that make up the big picture. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. And, so, and filtering the noise, like it's something else just comes up in my mind all the time is that filtering the noise does not take, this is something that's not usually discussed, is that filtering the noise does not take the noise out, but it tempers it. So the noise for most part is the amount of data that we deal with and the pace of change that we're going through is posing high risk on decision makers to steer the ship. So it becomes harder for them to find the value and you will need to be laser focused on business outcomes. So this is often something that we do well in our business. We make sure that we take the conversation from strategy to execution, make sure that we have these business outcomes laser clear focused. Perfect. So why is your role now important to the future of oil and gas? I love this question. So just like all technology companies in this field, we are working hard to help the industry cut costs. So this is to survive today. 
But that's not enough anymore. It's more important for us at Thinkly, at our company, is to build change capabilities to drive an independent economy. So even if we want to implement technology for your company, you're not going to be able to see the return on investment if you did not change your the way you do business. You need to explore an innovative business model to really capitalize the use of this technology. So no industry is more capable than oil and gas to lead the world towards a better place. So we are here to take care of the families that are being left behind as a result of this innovation. And we want to make sure that there is an inclusive transformation to this business. So we want to repurpose this experience. It's an experience like your dad and my dad and everybody everybody else in this value chain, making sure that these experiences are being reinvested towards sustainability in all shapes and forms. So we're not just talking public relations and, and media, and we're not just talking technology implementation to say that we are innovative. We're talking about true sustainability that adds to human welfare, making sure that everybody is included. Which is great. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, so what's exciting. your favorite podcast? I know. <laughs> so what's your favorite podcast? So, of course, I've been listening to this podcast religiously awesome. for the past <laughs> couple of months, for sure. And, of course, Mark Liqueur, well-known. And another one that I've been listening for years, actually, it's 80,000 Hours. It's a British organization studying which careers can achieve the most positive impact on the world. So they focus on innovation and the, the future. And it's about two to three hours a week. And um, Oh, wow. That's a long podcast. <laughs> yeah, it, it talks about different technologies and the different innovation fields and, of course, the climate change and the rogue AI. So, of course, they saw the pandemic before it, it came too. So considering where our business is at right now, we have to stay up to date with the advancement of technology and make sure that our team is also staying up to date with all this information. So we follow this podcast. Yeah, it's a lot to swallow, huh? Yes, absolutely. It's consistent change that we have been experiencing since we started. And it's exciting because right now we're able to approach anybody and talk about technology. It's not like before. The barriers are less to have these conversations and people are starting to understand the value of technology and all, all that's happening today. Great deal. So we've come to the end of the show. Thank you again for joining me, Iman. If people want to reach out to you and or get to know more about Thinkly, how could they go about doing that? Absolutely. So the best place is the website. We still, or my email. So Iman, E-M-A-N, at Thinkly, T-H-Y-N-K-L-Y dot com. And our website as well, Thinkly.com, will be a good place for you to uh, and I'll, have a yeah. glance. Yeah, I'll make sure to put that in the show notes. Actually, what we usually do is we put your LinkedIn instead of your email because and there's LinkedIn, spam bots. Yeah, 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 <laughs> there's yeah, spam absolutely. bots everywhere. We've got to protect our guests. So Absolutely. LinkedIn is also a good place to find right. for sure. For sure. Awesome. Great. So that concludes this episode. So just remember, it's up to you to open the next door. Now here's events on deck. Hey, everybody. Alex here with the events on deck. So due to current circumstances, of course, we are not able to have any in-person events. So I have nothing of that nature to update you guys on. But we have been hosting some virtual events. So OGGN is wanting to offer free webinars, live happy hours, etc. during this time. Since these events are not scheduled out as far in advance as 
in-person events, we would like to keep you guys updated via Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. So be sure to keep checking up on that and we'll keep you guys posted on anything we're offering. It has been free. We want to offer you guys value during this time that we're all at home. So please continue checking in and joining us for these virtual events. We are looking forward to seeing you guys whenever we're able to have in-person events and hope you're staying safe and sound. Tune in next week for another intriguing episode of Oil & Gas Industry Leaders Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at oilandgasindustryleaders.com.